This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Good morning, everyone. Have you had a great Christmas? Have you had a great Christmas? I've been watching lots of films over Christmas. Have you been doing it? Some people have been watching Madagascar. Smile and wave, everybody. Smile and wave. But one of the films I've been watching over Christmas has been Bond. Da 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 da. Do you like anyone like Bond? I've got to be honest, I love Bond. I really do. I would have loved to have been James Bond. Not blessed with his looks, definitely not blessed with his stature or the size of the actor's wallets that played him. But I wish I could have been a spy. Any of you want to be a spy? And one of the things I wish I could get to do when I was a spy, or if I was a spy working for MI5, trying to go into enemy territory and find out what was going on, one of the things I would always want to do is not shoot someone, not scale down a building. It's one of the things I've never done that I would love to do. And do you know what it would be? No. I definitely, if I had an Aston Martin, I wouldn't crash it. I would drive it, you know, at pedestrian pace down the road to look after it. It would be to kick down a door. Any of you ever kicked, anybody here, hands up, those of you who have kicked down a door, ever. All right, okay, there's a few of you. We'll have some uh, discussions later as to how you came to be breaking down the door. But I'd love to, I don't know how I'd quite approach it. Was it like that or whatever? I'd just break down. I'd love to, in fact, confession I love breaking things. I really do. And if you saw on Facebook this week, confession, I broke a 20-year rule in our house, no ball games in the house. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, little porcelain, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, he got legless over Christmas, literally. (laughs) He had his little legs cut off as the ball hit the windowsill and one more reason for Fion to accuse me of not having great football skills again breaking things I've got to be honest I love breaking things I do as a kid I used to love smashing windows and all kinds of stuff I did I've got to be honest and you like breaking stuff yeah. yeah there's something about it there's something freeing about breaking stuff and my message to you this morning is simply called Breakthrough. Breakthrough. What is the stuff in our lives at the end of this year as we naturally do it? You know, listen, nothing happens that's dynamic between, you know, 2018, uh, 2017 crossing into 2018, does it? There's nothing physically that's happened as, as the calendar flips across. But it does give us a focal point as people as humans, doesn't it? It gives us a focal point that we can kind of subliminally put a year behind us and look to a year that's ahead. How many of us do that? Or do you just take it as it comes? That we take a time to mark stuff in, in the sand and say, look, this year I can put that behind me or I can step forward. And this message might be for you this morning. You know, if there's one thing I love to see happening in men and women's lives, it's breakthrough. I love it. I love it when you hear people at church that finally get that job that they were going for. They've gone through all the hard work of the interview and that they get a breakthrough and they get the job that they were looking for. 
It's great to see Jenny with us in church this morning, who's finished, finished her last course of chemotherapy, and we're praying for um, a total healing. But it's great, isn't it, that do we want breakthrough for Jenny? That she will get a great clean report that that cancer is gone. Do we want that kind of breakthrough for Jenny? How many of you want a financial breakthrough this year? You know, so that there would be more money left at the end of the month rather than more month left at the end of the money. How many of us want that? Breakthrough. I tell you, there's breakthrough available. There's breakthrough available through Christ and his work for us. Um... Andrea read the scripture from Colossians with us at the beginning that, that you know, everything in our universe is made by him, for him, and through him. He is the king of light. John 1 tells us all things were made by him and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehends it not. We are children of the light. And if we step into the light, I tell you, we can have a breakthrough if we approach the breakthrough in the way that other men and women of God have, had, have done in the past in the text that I'm going to read to you this morning. So I'm going to turn to you to two, two scriptures and look at the story of three people that can be found in the scriptures um, this morning. But before we do that and we turn to God's word, can we pray? Can we pray for breakthrough today? That as we are here gathering as believers around God's word, that whether it's your first time here in church or whether it's your hundredth time here in church, whether you're listening online or not, that we can just turn into God's word right now and receive the breakthrough that we want in our lives by his power at the close of this year. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus above all else because he paid the high price that was required to bring us the life that we have today. Life to the full, life in abundance, the life that we have in Christ, that all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that new life that's ours in Jesus Christ, Lord, we just pray that you would help us to get rid of stinking thinking today, get rid of worldly thoughts and worldly ways. And Lord, as we turn to your word this morning, that your Holy Spirit would teach us all things, that you would open your word to us today, that we can understand that through faith in Christ, we can have a breakthrough today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to bust some door down today. Do you want to do that? We'll bust some door do doors down in our lives today to see what we can access if we just look at these three people that are to be found in the stories that I'm going to read from Scripture this morning. So if you've got your Bible with you, turn with me to Mark chapter 5. If you're a new believer, a great place to start is the book of Mark and then work your way through the Gospels. Mark's Gospel is a really simple couple of chapters that communicates to us what happened when Jesus Christ was here on earth. And it's this lovely little story, two stories intertwined together that can be found in Mark chapter 5. It's also to be found in Matthew chapter 19, if you want to read the parallel version of that and Matthew's account uh, when you get home later on today. But the scripture says this, When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. 
There, one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. So what was Jairus? He was a synagogue leader. Okay, pop that in your mind. Jairus was a synagogue leader. He came and he pleaded earnestly with him. Do you think that's like a big call? He's not coming and just asking. He's coming and he's pleading earnestly with Jesus, saying, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her that she will be healed and live. So, Jesus went with him. You know, if you ask Jesus, you get. So, Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed him and pressed around him. And we come to this little story that's inside the story of Jairus. Have a look at this. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. How long? I find this interesting because if you read Matthew 19 and the account, Jairus' daughter was 12 years of age. And I find it interesting that in this scripture that the woman who's nameless, we don't know what her name is, she had a hemorrhage or an issue that she was bleeding all the time and just couldn't stop it, and that she had had it for 12 years. Interesting how those two stories, 12 years years each, run in parallel together. And she had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Mark continues. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. I know for all of our efforts sometimes in life to try and fix problems ourselves, how many of us find ourselves in those kind of circumstances that instead of things getting better, they get worse? Doesn't that happen to us sometimes when we try and do things in our own power instead of his power? Mark continues in verse 28. He says this. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once... Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched me? Who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, And yet, you ask, Who touched me? You can imagine all the jam that's going on there with people tussling against him. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Can you imagine what that must have been like for her? I thought if I could only come and touch your garment, I'd be made whole. I know you're the healer. So I pushed through the crowd. I came and touched you, and I've been made whole. She dished it all out in front of Jesus. Twelve years I've been like this, Lord. And I've come to you this morning, and I'm telling you the whole truth. That's the story as I know it. Verse 34, he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. But what happened to Jairus? Well, we continue to the other part of the story. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. What was his job? Synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? She's gone. Nothing we can do about the situation. She's gone. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Just believe. 
He did not let anyone following except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And listen to this. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all the commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. They put him all, after he put them all out, he took the child, the father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. Can you imagine what you'd be doing if you're Jairus right now with your 12-year-old girl? Can you imagine what you'd be doing right now? I tell you what, that's a breakthrough, isn't it? I tell you, he'd be partying, he'd be really going for it, I think, wouldn't he? She was 12 years old, and at this, this, they were completely astonished. May God bless his word. This is the first two characters I want to look at you this morning, look and share with you this morning. You see, some of us in this room might be needing a Jairus breakthrough. A breakthrough in our family. There are maybe situations and circumstances that are coming. It might be a marriage situation. It might be a mum and daughter situation. It might be a mum and dad. It might be, there might be disharmony or disunity. There might be a family situation that's going on. I tell you, the breakthrough can be yours today. But I want to talk to you uh, later on, and I want to finish by looking at barriers to breakthrough, that if we leave these barriers come in, we will not get the breakthrough that we want if we don't humble ourselves. You know, asking for help is a big thing to do, isn't it? How many of you find it difficult to ask for help? Come on, be honest. I'll do it myself, we all say, isn't it? I can fix this. There is a sense of humility that's required when we have to come and ask one another for help. We say, look, I can't fix this. I can't do this. And when it comes to families, and particularly when it comes to relationships, particularly when it comes maybe to the core of the relationship that God has ordained for us to live together as man and woman, there's no relationship that's harder than that to get right. Trust me. (laughs) Trust me on that. I've been married 27 years. It is really hard sometimes just to work through some of the stuff that's in our lives about the way that we're all wired together. Isn't it? Isn't it? Or can you all come and give me some marriage guidance counsel later on if your marriages are perfect? Because it's tough being married. We have to commit to it. I love this girl like no one else. She loves me like no one else. But we have to tolerate each other sometimes. I'm just being practical. I've got my foibles and my ways of doing things. And she's got her way of doing things. I've got my priorities. She's got hers. And those sometimes cross over, don't they? I think the car being serviced is way, way more important than getting nails done. I'm just saying. How many of you agree with me, lads? But a woman would never agree with that. It doesn't matter what the car looks like, as long as my nails are looking good. I'm just talking about practical things, isn't it? Yes. And it's difficult when those things meet each other. And Jairus was a synagogue leader. That's who he was. Like he knew this stuff. 
He knew the Torah and the Scriptures. He would be as a synagogue leader, one that would do the same as Christ did at that time, that he'd roll out Scripture and read it. You'd think he wouldn't need to turn to Jesus, would you? But he was at the end of his tether. His daughter, 12 years old, is ill. And he knows that no amount of reading the Torah is maybe going to fix it for him. That going to the synagogue week in, week out is not going to fix it. He's heard about this guy called Jesus, that he fixes things. That he touches people and the blind see, that the lame walk. And he's heard about Jesus and he thinks to himself, I'm going to see Jesus. And what he does, you see, is he buries all his pride he buries all the stuff that maybe he should know as a synagogue leader, but the cost is too high. And so he comes and he says, for the sake of my daughter, I'm going to bury all of the stuff that's going on. All the stuff that I should know as a leader. All the stuff that I should know as a spiritual example to everybody else. I am just going to bury it and put it aside. And I'm going to see Jesus. And I am going to beg I'm going to beg. He earnestly pleaded, says the scripture. I don't know how you do that, but I can guess. I think it involves going down on your knees. I think it involves weeping and crying and saying, Jesus, will you come into my circumstances? Do you want Jesus to come into your relationships this year? Breakthrough can be yours. It can be yours, but it requires a generous approach. That we come in humility and we say, oh God, will you give me breakthrough in my relationships? I know I should know better, but I need you. I need you to fix this. Will you come and will you fix this? Do you need a relational breakthrough? Or maybe you need a physical breakthrough. Maybe you've tried every doctor, like the woman with the issue of blood. That you've tried everything that you can to fix it yourself. You've gone to Harley Street, you've tried this, you've tried that. And as a Bible-believing Christian, you know that there's a great physician who heals the sick. And yet, maybe we haven't got the courage enough to push through the crowd and make through our way to Jesus because he does it for everybody else maybe not me and I love the faith that this woman has that she knows about this person called Jesus and she thinks to herself I don't even need him to come and touch my hand touch my daughter or touch me in the same way you see Jairus is saying he goes to Jesus and says if you can come and lay hands on my child I know she'll be made whole her faith goes like a level again. Her faith goes such that she doesn't even need to have Jesus touch her. She thinks to herself, if only I can touch the edge of his cloak, I'll be made whole. Such is her faith. But she had to go and she had to push through the crowd. She's already unwell. I don't know what that must be like with her illness or sickness. But she's probably got to be careful where she goes because she's bleeding all the time. It ain't going away. So she muscles away through the crowd, pushing and shoving, shoving, thinking to herself, if I get to Jesus, if I get to him, I shall be made whole. And what's required from her is a different kind of humility. 
a different kind of humility which is a redundancy that I can't do it for myself, not for my thinking, I can't do it for myself from all of my plenty. You see, Jairus thought he could have maybe fixed it himself because he should have known better as a synagogue leader. But you see, the woman with the issue of blood, she'd spent all she had. She'd spent everything. Instead of getting better, she'd got worse. And so she thinks to herself, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to go to Jesus. Bankrupt. I'm going to go to him. And I'm going to just make my way through the crowd. Are you willing to break through the crowd? Are you willing to break through the humility of a financial situation in order to get to the place that you can receive the healing that's yours? You know, so many people I know, you know, they come to me sometimes, they're talking about an illness or whatever, and it's always interesting that I ask this of people sometimes, you know. When they've been unwell, they've been to see a doctor, I say, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Always stuns me how few people will go to the doctor first before they pray about it. Can we come to him? Can we pray about it that we would get a breakthrough, not just relationally, but to get a breakthrough physically in terms of healing? Turn to me to Mark chapter 10 and the last story. The last story we're going to look at is a rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and comes on his knees before him. We're only going to look at this one verse because we're running out of time. But it's this. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. This line is very rarely quoted in this story. Those of you that know your Bible well will know that this story is a rich young ruler. What is he? He's rich, he's young, and he's a ruler. He's like Mark Zuckerberg. That's what he is. He's made it in life. He's one of the guys that's got money, he's got influence, and he's young and got his future ahead of him. But he's looking for something. He's looking for fulfillment in life. In fact, he's looking for in, 